millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi there. I'm Nate Fisher. And this is Timeline Tapes, the history podcast made by the YouTube channel Timeline. Our channel has hundreds of extraordinary documentaries to enjoy, but we know that not everyone has the time to watch a full documentary in one sitting. So we're turning our favorite ones into podcasts that you can enjoy wherever you are. This week, we're taking you on a journey to discover an ancient civilization hidden underneath the Black Sea. Dark Secrets of the Black Sea explores the archaeological evidence of a technologically advanced civilization that was swallowed by the sea during a hypothetical flood in the area. The narrator of this episode is Dwight Payne, who is joined by unique interviewees such as William Ryan, professor of marine geology and geophysics at Columbia University, and James Neenhaus, author of Ice Age Civilizations, with a mission to find out whether there was in fact an ancient civilization just north of Turkey. Black Sea. It has been a source of amazement, awe, and mystery from the very beginnings of recorded time. Some experts theorize that the infilling of the Black Sea, which began when the Ice Age ended, was actually the flooding mentioned in the Bible during the time of Noah. Other scientists take into consideration ancient Greek historical recollections of global-scale flooding. Then, as it was written on ancient Greek papyrus scrolls, the Black Sea seemed to swell ever higher with each passing year. Those ancient scribes reported how this rapid ocean's rising occurred during the reigns of several prominent Greek kings. One of them, Dardanus, after whom the region's Dardanelles Strait was named, and another, Cecrops, were both mentioned in passages penned by Plato. He concluded that these kings were alive to witness the world's oceans rising to consume much of Greece, creating some now-submerged offshore islands. A few generations later, by the end of the Bronze Age, Jason the Explorer, who claimed to have sailed the entire length of the Black Sea, had differing accounts of what was seen over their pitching decks. Furthermore, elaborate myths and fanciful fables, along with colorful sailors' lore of what dangers lie beneath the surface of the Black Sea, have always abounded. Teams of modern-day scientists from the Ukraine, Russia, Bulgaria, England, and America are sorting out the amazing truth. Supposition and first-person reports of significant discoveries seemingly exist side by side. Mystery swirls about the history of the Black Sea, a vortex of uncertainty throughout every century onward from prehistory to today. All of the newest evidence and developments, all centering around the baffling, unfathomable origins of this eternally changing body of water, the enigma that is the Black Sea, are only now being brought to light here in this documentary. Scientists have tried, through the years, to determine the actual origin of the Black Sea. 
They hypothesize that meltwater from the end of the Ice Age likely raised sea levels by a few hundred meters. This caused the seawater to gradually rise, flooding in to form a river valley, then pouring out inland as a freshwater lake. Not surprisingly, there is evidence of some long-lost civilizations on the now-submerged shoreline of the Old Black Sea. Some other sites are occasionally visible at low tide conditions below the surface near the breakwater. And what about the unusual, often poisonous, chemical reactions and strange otherworldly physical properties of the Black Sea? Do they exist today merely to give us an indication of the Ice Age environment? These and other issues will be explored here, perhaps to discover if the scientists who called it the northern cradle of civilization are really onto something. Modern-day researchers in Russia call the Old Black Sea shoreline, 100 meters underwater, the Cimmerian shoreline. It used to be the water's edge of that vast inland lake during the Ice Age, and there is ample evidence that the entire shoreline became suddenly submerged, completely sunken underwater rather rapidly. Astonishingly, within perhaps just 30 years. On our 1983 expeditions, you know, we were astonished, not only us, our Russian colleagues, because the dunes that we could see in the reflection profiles were absolutely pristine. There was no evidence of any sculpting, any washing, any eroding, any beveling of the dunes. So a sand dune exposed to the washing of waves and surf as it would gradually drown by a slow transgressing sea would no longer be there or it'd be heavily eroded. The amazing thing is the Black Sea coastal dunes are as pristine as they were the day before the flood. The paleo shoreline of the old Black Sea, which averages about 100 meters deep, is pristine. It was covered rapidly because the berms of beach sand dunes, the paleo river valleys, the estuaries at the mouths of the paleo river valleys, uh, 100 meters deep in the Black Sea were covered over rapidly with muds and sands, so there was no erosion gradually as the Black Sea slowly filled. It filled relatively rapidly within a matter of decades, and many scientists are coming around to uh, seeing this scenario. Probably among them is uh, William Ryan at Columbia, who hypothesized a filling within only a few years, but according to my research, it's looking more like it infilled uh, within uh, two, three, four decades. The evidence that the old Black Sea infilled rapidly is the simultaneous appearance of marine sediments on top of lake bed sediments everywhere across its submerged margins. And we dated the first shells, the first marine shells to colonize that new underwater world, and to our astonishment, the dates from carbon-14 measurements were identical of all the shells that sat on that horizon in all the cores along the transect. Several years ago, in the process of laying an oil pipeline across the Black Sea to Turkey, Russian scientists simultaneously conducted a detailed survey map. On it, they reported that the same type of shells were found along the Caucasus margins. Additionally, they noted the presence of sand dune fields in the area. 
French teams have also mapped these strange sand dunes, stretching all the way down from the Armenian outer shelf to beyond, under the Bulgarian ridge. After the flood, after the global ocean reconnected with the Mediterranean, the Black Sea became saltier and saltier and saltier. Within a very short time, 10, 20, 50, 100 years, 50 years, the marine shells, the marine clams and mussels could all uh, inhabit the, the, the Black Sea seabed. And they completely replaced the freshwater shells. We can look today and with reflection profiling in the Bosphorus Straits, image we call bedrock, the old hard uh, bedrock at a depth of about 75 meters. But this uh, bedrock itself was eroded by the waters coming through the strait when it broke open the, the gateway. Now some have hypothesized, such as William Ryan, that around 5000 BC it broke through and poured in rapidly over a ledge like 50 Niagara Falls. However, the debris that we see at the north end of the Bosporus, where the Bosporus enters the Black Sea currently, we see modest sized boulders, pebbles, cobbles with mud over such. So this suggests a gradual infill, a gradual overflow as the world ocean gradually rose. So that's where we're looking at. We're looking at a matter of a meter or two per year with no precipitous drop off like that Niagara Falls, but a gradual rising, a gradual rising and connecting with the old Black Sea and then gradual subsequent infilling until the Black Sea approximated its current shoreline level several centuries later. So the, the breakthrough spewed out this debris, and then the, the, when that flood ended and the waters rapidly rose, the Mediterranean water continued to flow into the Black Sea as it does today. It's salty, it's heavier, it sort of falls into the Black Sea under the, the Black Sea fresher outflow, and that, that has put a cover, a blanket over this old fan and actually put mud waves. You can see migrating mud waves. Uh, that uh, represent that. In fact, uh, that's this this map up here is uh, those stripes. Those are the mud waves that uh, that sit on top of this old uh, this debris fan. When the huge amount of water poured to the Black Sea basin, it uh, broke the isostatic balance of the Earth's crust in, in this area and uh, isostasy had to restore this balance. But the way it was been restored was uh, depending on physical properties of the Earth's crust at every specific area. Where it was more flexible, it just distorted. But uh, where it wasn't flexible, but there was uh, rock monoliths, like limestone monoliths in the area of modern Yalta, it cannot be just uh, distorted flexibly and uh, broke and uh, caused the uh, block faults, which we can see around. So we see that it was different way in different areas of the uh, modern Black Sea shore. The survey that was carried out by the French scientist Gilles Lercolet uh, invited me aboard. reflection profiling back and forth across the Romanian shelf, 
little bit up on the Ukraine shelf, found out in the outer shelf some faults where the seafloor had been modestly uh, offset down, down, down further you go seaward. The faults that we mapped were in the range of a fraction of a meter to a few meters of offset, and they clearly offset the old terrestrial terrain, but they offset the seafloor by a less magnitude. So we would infer that they have been somewhat continuously active or intermittently active since the flooding. After the huge amounts of water poured to the Black Sea Basin from the uh, ocean, the weight of all this amount of the water uh, changed the isostatic balance of the Earth crest. And uh, so the basin had to uh, distort as a result. And the, in the places where this distortion was soft, it just gone down uh, softly. But uh, when there was a monolite blocks like Crimean mountains, limestone monolites, it's actually broken and made the great flock fault that we can observe at the south southern coast of Crimea, like area of, of Yalta. When the water of the world ocean infilled and poured over the Bosporus Strait, all that volume, all that mass of water pushed down on the crust at the bottom of the Black Sea. So it pushed down and there became vertical block faulting as a result. And this is because the great weight when the world ocean water poured through the Bosporus, the world ocean rose, it eventually poured into the Black Sea region, increasing its depth rapidly and this mass pushed down on the crust of the earth and caused this vertical faulting, like stair steps down. And it happened to a greater degree in the southeast area of the Black Sea and to a lesser degree in the north and northwest sectors. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Timeline Tapes. We've just discussed the hypothesis explaining the vertical foldings surrounding the Bosporus. The, the main uh, effect of the filling in the Black Sea Basin with salted water of the world ocean is a killing of the waste uh, vegetation of this area, which produced a lot of uh, hydrogen sulfate. And the uh, Black Sea Basin is filled with uh, uh, hydrogen sulfide by now. It's still turned uh, metal into the black, which uh, is the reason the sea is called black. And uh, from time to time, especially during the earthquakes, some amounts of hydrogen sulfide comes to the surface and inflammates, and we see the 
like a, sometimes people can observe very interesting effect of the flaming of the sea. We surveyed across one of these faults that offsets the seafloor. And uh, there was evidence of little gas bubbles coming up out of the fault scarp. Nicolette Panin told me that uh, in the 1920s, there had been an earthquake offshore. And the whole sky at night offshore had lit up. And the fishing fleet never returned. And that the shaking of the ground must have released vast amounts of methane, which then caught fire in somebody's smokestack. And the sea surface ignited. Many scientists claim that the immense inland lake known as the Old Black Sea was brought into contact with the then rising world ocean around 6000 BC, according to carbon-14 dating of submerged organic material. However, many other scientists now believe that carbon-14 dating results are less reliable when dealing with water-drenched samples from that far back into antiquity. Well, uh, carbon dating method in general is quite questionable. Even Libya, who got the Nobel Prize for it, understands that uh, 2,000 years is a maximum for its uh, 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 application without too much presuppositions. And involves uh, presupposition, and the major presupposition it has is that amount of carbon-14 and carbon-12 was always the same in our atmosphere. But we know that they are not in balance even by now, and in former times uh, this disbalance was even bigger. So I would be very careful with the carbon dating data. If there was much more volcanism back in the time of, say, the Exodus, when uh, Santorini exploded, and there were, Mount Etna was going off as well from historical records. So the carbon dioxide from all these volcanics going on at those times would have greatly diluted the amount of carbon-14 in the atmosphere by the carbon-12, which is in the carbon dioxide, which is within the gases which are emitted from these volcanoes, which are documented to have been going off around 1500 BC and earlier. So with the rampant volcanism also mentioned uh, from ancient Turkish literature as the volcanics going off in the Caucasus Mountain of the northern uh, Turkey region at the time of Sargon the Great, the great Assyrian king at around 2000 BC, legend about him says rampant volcanics in Turkey as well. So Santorini, Etna, Turkey, all these volcanics going off. That diluted the carbon-14 in the atmosphere. Therefore the results we get from that time frame are greatly exaggerated. The ancient Thracians lived on the western shore of the Black Sea, where Bulgaria is today. Nowadays, submerged offshore, you can find Bronze Age ruins and artifacts, and some pieces which indicate that there were people who lived at this site even earlier, during the Ice Age. Evidence that proves the existence of a massive inland lake, one whose shoreline is now about 100 meters beneath the water's surface. Regarding the river called Provadishka, it is a river that feeds the Black Sea, presumed to be about 60 kilometers from the ancient shoreline, 
and it has a depth of 90 to 120 meters from the old shoreline to the current one after the post-ice age flooding. It was once a very beautiful river system and it's likely that ancient people lived along the banks of the old river. We have found traces of an ancient village now submerged there and in this respect the Noah's plate that we are going to show you now was discovered from there at the depth of about 100 meters. It seems the environment and the beauty of the nature near the river were very special to the people who lived there. The Paleo River Delta at the mouth of the Provenskia River in Bulgaria is at 90 meters of water, about 40 kilometers offshore, at the old Paleo shoreline of the Old Black Sea, when the Old Black Sea was a freshwater lake the outflow of which went down where the Bosporus is now. It was a river that went down to the Aegean Sea, which was lower during the Ice Age. So the sea level rose, it poured into the Black Sea eventually, and covered up these river deltas, which are now anywhere are averaging around 100 meters deep. And this Provenskaya River Valley, where, where relics, ancient Thracian relics, have been discovered, is in pristine condition. Once again, demonstrating that the Black Sea overflow was relatively rapid. The plate of Noah has been discovered during one expedition back in 1985 on July 16th. We had been searching for ancient villages in the area near the old pre-flood shores of the old Black Sea. Some of these ancient villages had been discovered, such as the one called Necropole, in the place where the Onoos plate artifact had been found. It has been extracted and excavated using a mechanical hand tool from the Russian submarine Argus. And because it was found in the Black Sea area, where the flood of Genesis was presumed to have occurred, Cured, the plate was given the name Noah's plate. It is formed very elegantly and symmetrically of sandstone. We must presume that the plate was made by the ancient inhabitants who dwelled in the area. Bob Ballard's uh, extraordinary expedition off Sinope and his widely acclaimed discovery of evidence of human habitation at depths of 90 and more meters below today's level uh, has raised lots of fascinating questions. When they first heard the news, we said, all right, that's it. Clearly it was a Black Sea flood burying these old settlements. Now, Fred Hebert, um, an archaeologist uh, who sampled the, the sediments, uh, in the, uh, told me personally that there are high levels of acids and so in those soils that suggest the presence of corrals with animals in them because of and high urine contents. Herodotus said the Sumerians or the Cimmerians lived all along the northern shore of the Black Sea. He said that entire region uh, was settled by the Cimmerians. And remember too that the old Paleo shoreline is called the Cimmerian shoreline by the Russian geologists. So they at least indirectly or subconsciously are thinking that yes, that was the old Black Sea of freshwater lake when the Cimmerians were living there, as Herodotus said such. So here we have an interesting contradiction within the mainstream scientific 
thought process that the Ice Age actually ended millennia before the Cimmerians existed, whereas they seem to also realize that yeah, may, the Black Sea may have been filled much later than a lot of people think. And this, in fact, is evidence with Bronze Age sites, evidence of Bronze Age sites on this paleo shoreline. Now, one of the astonishing things we find in the Black Sea are old Bronze Age harbors, their pilings, deep beneath today's sea surface at depths much deeper than the harbors of the similar age in the Aegean Sea or the Mediterranean Sea. And this has been a puzzle. It is very hard to speak about submerged ruins here at the shore of Crimea, first of all because of a huge block fault which uh, uh, should destroy most of the ancient shoreline. And uh, most of settlements we know now at the shoreline, which are submerged, belong to 4th century BC only. So the ancient Sumerian uh, sites should be uh, on the much uh, bigger depth. And if I would be an archaeologist, I would study the Herodotus description of the area and follow the beds and river deltas. Because uh, during the uh, raising of the water in the sea, uh, people had to step back, move back uh, by the river deltas and uh, most of uh, modern towns and ancient cities are at the river mouses, so the most ancient ones that are submerged now should be at the ancient river mouth. Certainly in the Ice Age, people were using bones, they were using ivory, they were using them as spears, they were using them to hold their clothes together. They were also using them as uh, ornaments, as decorations, as jewellery, and as fairly sophisticated things. Mammoth bones were also used, for example, to hold together skins on the outside of um, people's dwellings at some point. So there was an extensive um, tool use of Ice Age animals, um, their bones, their animals plus their tusks at that time. And in Crimea, uh, it was a really big diversity of fauna, but mainly it was the fauna of the step for a step character. So it is the Echos gidrontinus, small horses, Saigata tarica, small antelope, and as well as mammoths, and sometimes we have the animals which migrated from the northern territories. The, the main species was also horses, but another type of horses, uh, Echos latipus. This horses was adopted for the soft and uh, humid, uh, soft uh, surfaces and humid places. And uh, mammoths was one of the main hunted species in the northern part of the uh, Eastern Europe. They only collected the bones of mammoths to produce their fireplaces. The mastodons, another Ice Age animal, which ostensibly should have gone extinct, also when the Ice Age ostensibly ended at 10,000 BC, they are known to have existed up until 2000 BC. So this suggests that in fact the Ice Age and the Ice Age conditions were ongoing 
on up and into the Bronze Age. There's no getting around this. We have animal tools, bones from Bronze Age people of mammoths. Mammoth bones were used to build fireplaces, to make tools that Bronze Age people used. So the Ice Age, in fact, ended much later than it's popularly advertised. We know two types of elephants today, the Asian and the African elephants, but of course they're just the end of a long lineage of about 30 different species, perhaps the most charismatic of which were the mammoths and the mastodons, huge beasts, and maybe sort of three, well, certainly about up to about four or five meters at the shoulder and covered with immense strands of hair. And of course, we know a lot about these animals because um, their bones, their skin, their hair has remained intact in some of the sort of perma ice in which they live. Indeed, uh, mammoths probably existed until historical times with um, the last populations dying out in islands off Siberia and Russia about 4,000 years ago. So around the Black Sea during the Ice Age, there was three to four times the amount of rain there is today. Rather than arid steppes with little vegetation and few trees, it was rich pasture lands, thick, dense primeval forests, uh, rainfall 50 inches a year rather than 10 inches a year or 100 centimeters per year. Four times what they have today. So it's a completely different world. The rivers were twice as wide as they are today in the Black Sea region. Huge amounts of rainfall. So it's a completely different world at that time with completely different flora and fauna. Thanks for listening to Timeline Tapes. That's it for the first part of Dark Secrets of the Black Sea. Join us again next week as we dive even deeper into the mysteries of the Black Sea. If you want to experience more of the story, you can watch it on our YouTube channel, along with hundreds of other documentaries. If you want to reach out to Timeline Tapes, you can email us at timeline at little.studios.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Those are both at TimelineWH. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating and write a review, too. I've been Nate Fisher. This has been Timeline Tapes. Let's go down in history together. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.